after Mark chapter 5. Amen. We've looked at this uh, miracle story in um, Luke's gospel. We've looked at some or parts of it in Matthew's gospel. And so we'll settle in now in um, Mark's gospel. Some details that we have in you know, the different accounts of this that that maybe weren't shared in the other, and so by looking at all of them, you get a, a complete picture. Um, you know, for example, um, in one account we see that it was just his daughter and that she was young, and another one we see that she was you know, 12 years old, so just, again, these different details that are shared. Um, amen, let's, uh, let's get right into it. Mark chapter 5, let's begin at verse... Number 21, it says, Now, when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, Jesus, he fell at Jesus' feet and begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed. And she will live. So Jesus went with him and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Now, one of the things that I've been encouraging you to do as you study the word is to find the faith. Amen. We know that it's not going to just be one miracle that happens. It's going to be two very powerful miracles that are about to happen in faith is going to be involved in both of them. We also know that while two very uh, amazing, astounding miracles are going to happen, there's also going to be lots of folks who are trying to get a miracle that, that are going to leave empty-handed. And in the same way that we see faith was connected with the, the two who received, we see that it was a lack of faith on those who did not, right? Now, when we say find the faith, my first clue or what's the right word I'm looking for here, uh, where I first see faith is when Jairus saw Jesus and he fell at Jesus' feet. Um, Jairus was, was a very powerful man. Um, he, he was a ruler of the synagogue, and, and, um, and of course, you know how so much of the religious establishment in Jesus' day were opposed to Jesus. They, they believed him to be a, a phony, and, and there were all kinds of attacks against him leading up to where they ultimately... Um, arrested him and, and murdered him. And we also see that there were threats issued um, about being excommunicated, uh, people who, you know, especially, you know, not just the, you know, average Jewish, you know, temple member, okay, they, they were threatened with excommunication, be put out of the synagogue, be put out, you know, you know, given the left foot of fellowship, so to speak. 
This wasn't just true among you know, the average worshipers. It was, it was even more so true among the leadership. In the same way that Nicodemus, when he went, another ruler among God's people, when he went to see Jesus at night, he, was, he did so at great risk to himself. And so it took a tremendous amount of humility on Jairus's part to, um, to not only seek Jesus out, but you know, to fall at his feet. Um, this wasn't him being melodramatic. Um, it was an expression of his desperation. It was an expression of his uh, humility. We just sang the song about surrender. He was surrendering to Jesus. Uh, he was literally, you know, putting his career on the line, all of these things. Okay. So that's, that's my first inclination, if you will, my first hint of faith. Uh, he's not just, you know, trying to, uh, you know, like reason with Jesus. Um, he wasn't trying to talk to Jesus as an equal. You know, he's recognizing that he has a serious situation here and only Jesus can fix it. And he knows that. He recognizes that. The next place we see J. Iris' faith is when he begged Jesus earnestly. Every word here is important and begged seems like a strong word, but again, do you hear the, the, the desperation, the sincerity in, in his voice? Begged him earnestly. Earnestly doesn't just mean that, you know, he, he didn't back down, but it, it, it carries with it a, an idea of, of sincerity. This wasn't put on. He wasn't trying to manipulate Jesus emotionally. We've looked at people who try to do that, right? Jesus, if you can do anything, you know, you ought to do something to help my boy. You know, that, that wasn't the attitude here. This, this was a sincere act of contrition, a sincere act of humility, um, earnestly. And, and Jesus recognized that. Now, if that's, um, you know, implied faith where we see faith just out in the open is in what J. Iris said. And so, again, just a general rule of thumb, you can find faith the fastest by listening to what people say. Just like you can find unbelief the fastest by listening to what people say, because what's in the heart, Jesus said, is going to come out of the mouth. And so he says to Jesus, my little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. Okay. Now, there are people who believe that if you say anything about a problem that somehow that's... Um, you know, doubt and unbelief. As a matter of fact, there are a lot of people who believe that, that faith means to pretend like there is no problem. And that's a wrong understanding of faith. And I think some folks have that understanding because they don't realize the rugged nature of faith. Um, faith is, is, is um, about engaging in battle. And faith doesn't back down from, from any problem. 
faith will get up in the, in the teeth of a problem and, and defeat that problem. Um, the Bible says that, that God calls things that be not as though they were. Okay? He calls things that be not, that do not exist. He speaks of them as though they do exist. That's not the same as calling something that does exist as though it doesn't. Okay? Did you catch that? It's not the same as calling something that does exist as though it doesn't. He presented the problem to Jesus. My daughter is very sick. As a matter of fact, she's at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. Now, I'm wanting to emphasize that tonight, although I don't know that we're going to get to really building on, on that aspect of this miracle account, but I just want to remind you um, again that this was Jairus's faith. Now, you know, most of you maybe know that this story is fixing to take a dramatic turn as Jesus is on his way to Jairus' house to heal Jairus' daughter, he's interrupted by a woman who receives, faith, receives healing from him by faith. And while he's having the conversation with her, Jesus having the conversation with her, they come from Jairus' house and they, they tell him, don't bother Jesus anymore. Uh, your daughter's already uh, passed. She, she's dead. And Jesus looks at him and says, let's just go ahead and deal with it now and we'll maybe develop it a little more later, but just let's hear this out, okay? Jesus looks at him and says what? Only believe, okay? Only believe. In other words, believe and nothing else. Only means that and nothing else. Only believe, okay? Now again, find the faith. When Jesus said only believe, only believe what? Okay, right? Only believe what? It's not a trick question. Only believe what you believed when you first came to me. What did he say when he first came to Jesus? You come to my house, my daughter will be healed and she will live. Now notice, that was his faith. He was well on his way. I think, I think if, if we could see into the Spirit how many times we've been like Jairus, well on our way to a miracle, and we allowed something to interrupt it, distract us, sidetrack us, get us off course, and we missed out. Amen. I, I'm not, listen, I, I try, Pam and I try to live our lives without regret. Amen. Without regret. But if we could all see into the realm of the Spirit how many times we've been so close and, and missed out and, and, and came up short. Uh, the Bible talks about the pressure being applied and people pulling back and stopping short of receiving 
Inherit means to, to actually take into your possession um, that which belongs to you, that which grace has already given. And so remember, it's not just faith, but it's faith and patience that inherits the promises. So Jesus looks at him in that, in that moment and he's, you know, obviously this is, you know, things have changed. She's gone from really sick to dead. But his original faith, I think it's pretty cool too that Jesus doesn't try to like rebuild his faith. You know what I mean by that? It's like Jesus said, okay, look, this has changed. So let's, um, <clears throat> let's try to figure out what we're going to believe now. No, Jesus just said, only believe. In other words, what you came to, the faith that you had when you came to me is more than enough to get this job done, but don't, don't pull back from it now. And then, of course, Jesus gets to the house and he has to put some people out of the house because they're just, you know, making fools of themselves, carrying on, making fun of Jesus. He had to get that unbelief out of there. And, of course, we know that he raised the little girl from the dead. The other thing I want to point out to you as, as well, though, is this use of the word only, okay? Because before Jesus looks at Jairus and says only believe, we're going to see that the woman with the issue of blood used that same word only, okay? Only, only. Let's keep reading. Amen. I apologize if I'm trying to preach two sermons at the same time tonight, but all these things are related. I'm, I'm wanting you to see how they all are joined together for our benefit, all recorded for our benefit. So let's go back then, verse 24. So Jesus went with him, and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Now a certain woman, verse 25, had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, he felt it. He felt it when it left him. Knowing that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? All right, now, again, we've done this before. We're going to do it again. Find the faith. Where's the faith? And in, and in both, like we saw with Jairus, we see his faith most clearly in what he said, but we also see that with the words that he spoke were actions. In his case, the actions were to humble himself, fall at Jesus' feet, um, sincerely ask him, sincerely state his case, and then make his faith confession. If you come to my house, my daughter will be healed and she will live. Okay? And again, that was such a powerful uh, statement of faith, such a powerful stand of faith that the daughter dying didn't change. And she's still going to live. If he'll just keep believing, she's going to live. She's going to be healed and she's going to live. Okay? Now, with a woman with the issue of blood... We also see action. In her case, the action was to go out into that crowd and touch the hem of his garment. Now, the hem of his garment, you know, Jesus didn't wear miniskirts. You understand what I'm saying? 
It, it would have been very low to the ground, which would have meant she also would have had to get low to the ground to touch that. And we also know that she was, Jesus rather, was being thronged. So it, it wasn't like there was just a couple of people around Jesus and, you know, she walked over there and bent over like she's going to tie her shoe and reached over and touched his garment. In other words, because of all the people mobbing him, this would have required some determined effort on her part to touch the hem of his garment. Notice she didn't say, if I touch him on the shoulder, if I get him to look at me, or, you know, none, none of that. Her faith was both by what she said and what she did. If I touch the hem of his garment, if only, notice there's that word again, if, if only I may touch his clothes. We know again, clothes here, but the other passages specify the hem of the garment, healing in his wings. Wings were on the hem of the garment. I shall be made well. And we see that she did this. She received the healing in her body. Jesus knew it when it happened. But notice, I, I know I've covered this so many times, but as many times as I go over it in my own heart and mind, just me and the Holy Spirit in my office or in my house or in my car, whatever, it still just does something to me deep on the inside of me. She didn't ask him. She took it. And he didn't rebuke her for doing it. You know, so I went to my mom and dad's house. They had all of us over last night for dinner. Man, dad's, I don't know how we could ever get it done here, but somewhere in the Hush Puppy Hall of Fame, uh, my, my mom and dad are like world champions, okay? And so you walk in there, Michael, and you just get this platter of hush puppies, man. And I'm like, Nobody slapped me on the hand, right? It was the children's bread. Amen. We're cooking them hush puppies for me and for my, my brother and sister and my wife and his family and my family, right? Cooking them for me, right? So, I mean, they're just, they're just piling up on the island, you know? And, um, and so I got, I got some and Matt got there and he got some and we're like looking at each other like, you know, last time we ate them all for just about for everybody got here. And dad says, there's a whole bunch of them in the oven. He had already made a big old pile of them, right? Put them in the oven, right? Said, Ken, that's healing. That's healing. She, she walked up in there and got her a hush puppy of healing. And, and, and no, nobody, she believed it was for her. She believed it was for her. She believed that, that all the effort to get Jesus here and the healing in him and all that, she believed it was for her and, and, and she, just, she just took her some. Amen. Faith. And Jesus specified your faith, your faith, nobody else's faith, her faith, your faith has made you whole. Okay, so let's keep reading. Who touched my clothes but his disciples? Verse 31, his disciples said to him, you see the multitudes thronging you and you say who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing, but the woman fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Now I got good news for you tonight. If her faith to make her well, your faith to make you well. Amen. Amen. If hers will make her well, then yours will make you well. Now, 
Receiving this miracle powerfully demonstrates the difference between general faith and what we've called specific or personal faith. The crowds that thronged Jesus believe he could heal. Many of them had seen him do it before. So they thronged him to see if touching Jesus might do something for them or to them. Compare this to the woman with the issue of blood. She touched as opposed to thronged Jesus by faith. And her faith was not general or universal. Was it just a general belief that he could? But hers was a specific and personal faith that if she only touched his garment, she would be healed. Now, I want to I show you something, and I, I, I wish, I almost wish we had like an artist's representation of this. The people thronging Jesus weren't like trying to pat him on the back and tell him, add a boy. The people who were trying to get to Jesus were trying to put a hand on him in hopes that they might receive some miracle themselves. Okay? In other words, the, the crowd thronging, at least on some level, had the same reason for trying to touch him that the woman with the issue of blood had to try to touch him. Okay? Now, Matt, think about this, because I, this means there would have been people thronging Jesus with all kinds of sicknesses. I mean, there would have been folks with wounds and, and injuries and, and um, in other words, it, I'm not, I, I mean, obviously there could have been somebody just hoping to get a blessing from touching him, okay? But the overwhelming majority of people trying to get a hand on Jesus as he was you know, pushing through that crowd to get to Jairus' house were people who were sick, who were, who were hurting, who needed a miracle, who needed a healing. Okay, are you with me? Are we in agreement on that? And I don't think that's a stretch. I, we've looked at other verses throughout our study, you know, to, to, to see where this was the case, not just on this day, it was the case on many days. I mean, there were times when Jesus would get by the water and have an emergency escape route, you know, to get in a boat and in case literally the crowds crushed him trying to, to make contact with him in hopes of being healed by him, right? So think about it now. She wasn't the first person to, to make, you know, to touch him, to make connection with him that day. So as she's trying to get to him, there are all kinds of people who have gotten to him ahead of her that nothing happened to them. They, they weren't healed. Are you seeing this? And it was like, you know, just imagine she's six people back from Jesus trying to get to him, and she's watching folks. This is her neighborhood, so people that she, you know, people that she knows, you know, um, I don't know when's the last time you've been to the doctor, but you know, you sit up in them waiting rooms and you meet other people who are sick. Right? She'd been to many physicians over the course of many years. So she knew many people who were sick. And so she's watching, you know, like the lady that lives four doors down from her that's, um, you know, 
hurt her ankle when she was 11 years old and it didn't heal back right and she can't walk straight. She watched her, you know, drag that foot and limp up in there and, and, and put a hand on him only to limp back to her house. Nothing changed. Are you, are you seeing this? Okay. But so, so her faith, again, she received and they didn't. This is why we talk about the value of, of this account. What did she do? What did she have that the others didn't do that the others didn't have? Amen? Here, here is, let me, let me plant this in your, in your thinking, okay? So general, general faith versus specific faith. Not let me see if something might happen because I believe Jesus can heal. She said within herself continually, if only I touch, I will be. So this is really something the Lord's been stirring in me. I want him to, hopefully, I believe it'll stir in you, okay? A specific and personal problem calls for specific and personal faith. This woman had a specific problem. She didn't have a, you know, she didn't just need a touch, you know. Just going to see if I can get a little touch from the Lord, you know. No, 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 no. She, she had a very specific problem that, that was, 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 was draining the life out of her literally. Okay. So all these other people who were trying to get a hand on Jesus... I don't know if 100% of them, but most of them, I believe, had a, again, they also had a specific problem. But notice, they're trying to receive healing for a specific problem using a general universal faith. This woman had a specific and personal problem, okay? And to coincide with that, she had a specific and personal faith. If only I may touch, do you see? What she, this, is, this is what she believed. Jairus believed, if you come to my house, my daughter will be healed and she'll live. This lady didn't say, if Jesus comes to my house, you know, and drinks a cup of coffee with me, I'll be healed. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm trying to be silly. I'm not trying to be silly. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be silly. I'm trying to show you. Her faith wasn't if he comes to my house. Her faith was specific and personal. If only I touch him, I'll be whole. Okay? So watch again. A specific and personal problem calls for specific and personal faith. Specific and personal faith calls for specific and personal action. If you were just an innocent bystander watching, like the disciples were on that day, you would have noticed nothing different from what she did than all the other people did. From the outside looking in, it all looked the same. One more sick person trying to make contact with Jesus. Okay? But there was something inside of her, right, that that was completely different and it resulted in her 
receiving. So again, a specific and personal problem calls for specific and personal faith. Specific and personal faith calls for specific and personal action. So, ask the Lord. You understand what I mean by this? Ask Him. Father, show me what I need to believe. Show me what I need to be saying. Show me what I need to do in conjunction with what I need to be saying. All right? Now, again, case studies in faith and healing. Did Jesus heal everybody the same way? No. He didn't. And that wasn't him just like in the mood to do it a different way. It wasn't like him like, man, I have healed so many blinded people. I think I'm going to mix it up a little bit today. I think I'm going to make it interesting. I tell you what, I was thinking about this last night. I think it would be cool to make somebody some eyeballs out of mud and heal them that way. No, no. Everything he did, his father told him or showed him to do it. He saw it. He saw it. See, back to what we were talking about last week, faith and revelation. He said, I saw, my father shows me. It was something he saw inwardly. So, you know, like he would like put spit on a man's tongue. That's kind of a little bit bizarre, right? He'd rub mud in their eyes. So he didn't heal everybody the same way. Well, here in this one story, we've got two people healed two different ways. (laughs) That's, That's two for two, right? In other words, and again, we've interjected into this according to your faith. But, you know, just ask the Father. The Lord told Brother Copeland years ago, he said, and I may, I may be getting the quote wrong, but you'll get the spirit of it if not the letter, okay? Basically, it goes something like this. He said, Kenneth, I've got at least a hundred ways to make you a millionaire, and you can't think of one. I've got a hundred ways I can make you a millionaire, and you can't come up, you can't come up with one, Right? So let, let me take that saying, right? The Lord has a hundred different ways to manifest healing in your body, right? Can you think of at least one? Are you understand what I'm saying here? And so I've heard a lot of testimonies over the years of, of, of different ways that people have received healing. Amen? And, 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 and you know, some of them are, are progressive in nature, you know, meaning things just start getting better and keep getting better. It's kind of like, um, was it Jacob? He began to prosper. He continued to prosper and became very prosperous, you know? Um, so again, you say, well, Pastor Mark, what's the difference between somebody that's healed, that receives healing progressively or somebody that heals instantly? Faith, right? In other words, it's very hard for you to believe that, you know, walk out of here well tonight, then can you believe that you can walk out of here a little bit better tonight than you were yesterday? <laughs> Father will work, I mean, again, he'll work with you. You follow what I'm saying? But there is, I have got, I, I don't know, this is page two of one, two, three, four, five. I don't know, nine or ten typewritten page notes. And I'm, I am so excited about stuff. And I know that we've been over, some of this is review, some of this is, is new, new things tonight. And I know I'm out of time. But just hear me, please. This right here, the difference between, remember the disciples 
casting, they cast demons out, cast demons out, cast demons out. Then they went to cast the demon out of the little boy, and the demon didn't come out of the little boy. And they're like all freaking out. You know, it's like, you know, the dad's all in, up in arms, and Jesus shows up, and he's getting kind of, you know, snippety with Jesus, and, and, and so forth and so on. And, um, and Jesus, why couldn't we cast him out? And Jesus said, because of your unbelief. And, and you know, again, you, you know, you're thinking, well, how could they not believe? Because they, they had cast out demons. They had seen Jesus cast out demons. Um, they, they had never seen a, a, a demon cast out, you know, Jesus cast out a demon that didn't go. They never cast out a demon before that didn't go to, to our record. We know they had cast out a whole bunch of them. So you think, well, they had faith. Again, notice though, it was a general faith, not a specific faith. They had a general faith that demons could be cast out in the name of Jesus. But when it came to that specific situation, when that particular demon defied them, they took a step back. They're like, uh-oh, you know, we got egg on our face now. When they should have just put their foot down again and said, I said, go devil. In the name of Jesus, you follow what I'm saying? But the devil defying them revealed a, a weakness, if you will, in their faith. Is this making sense to you? Am I losing you? I'm not trying to lose you. I'm just I'm trying to help you see something here. So when it, I am so thankful for all of the general things that we believe. And, and when you've, you know, when you have been either not taught anything about the things of God and the ways of God or like a lot of us in this room you were raised in church but you were taught wrong you know you in other words you go from being told that it's that God doesn't heal anymore to believing that it that he that he at least does in some cases to now believing that it's his will for all to be healed. I mean, we've made some progress. We've increased in our faith, right? But notice we're still, we're still in that general faith about these things. When we've got a specific and personal problem, we need some specific and personal faith. That's where this connection, right? Connection. So we see that the crowd made contact, but the woman with the issue of blood made a connection, her faith connected. It's more than just a casual, accidental kind of touching him, brushing up against him. That touch is the thronging, in other words, is what I'm calling the contact. But her specific and personal faith and then the specific and personal action conjoined with that faith is what made that faith connection and the connection, of course, is what allowed the healing power to flow from Jesus in to her. Amen. Now, let's see here. Oh, praise God. Um, <clears throat> go ahead and stand with me. Praise God. There's, I, we're kind of at a section now that if we get started on it, it'll be another 20 minutes, 30 minutes. So let's, let's just, amen. Listen to me for a moment, okay? The enemy, the enemy is hoping that you will get frustrated in, in trying to 
you know, exercise your faith and, 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 and believe God. And, and um, you know, that's, that's one thing, <laughs> you know, when you, when you grow and increase in faith and, and, and begin to understand that it's God's will for people to prosper, it's God's, you know, financial breakthrough, physical healing breakthrough, you know, these kinds of things. When you start becoming, you know, more and more convinced that this is God's will concerning our lives and our families, well, now it's like <laughs> you start trying to pull that into your life and receive that for yourself, it, it, it can be frustrating because you're just like, man, I know it's God's will, you know, and so why is it not happening, you know? So the enemy, again, that's one of his tactics. He tries to, tries to frustrate us and then, you know, if we're not careful, we'll start taking steps back and start questioning, well, maybe it's not his will for me to be healed. Maybe it's not his will for me to be set free. Maybe it's not his will for, for, for my family to prosper. Maybe it's not his will for me to be debt free. These kind of, right. See, because that, that's what the devil's hoping you'll do because you, you've, been, you've been just pounding and pounding and growing and developing and pounding. And then it, then it starts getting to that, you know, where you've you got to cross from the general to the specific, right? From the universal to the personal. Right, and, and, and that's, that's, again, man, that's where the enemy is going. He's going to meet you at that point right there. He, he gonna, he's going to push back. He's going to try to defy you. Because that's his, I mean, that's the, that's the final straw with him. In other words, he knows that if he loses that fight, he's lost. So that's why that battle starts getting really intense. Really intense. Amen. So, amen. I just, I'll talk about my own self here for a minute, right? You know, three weeks ago, I start with a um, throat and the sinuses. And, man, I am, I am fighting a good fight of faith. I am like, you know, I am just, man, every verse I know to quote. I'm, there's some stuff that the Lord's taught me I haven't even had a chance to teach you yet. Man, I'm. I am, I am deploying it, man. I am, I am, I am bringing it off the bench, man. I, you know, I'm just, uh, you know what I'm saying? And it just, and then you, you know, you wake up and it's like, <laughs> you know, and you just, you know, it's like, you know, and it's, I'm like, man, fight this fight horse, you know, and stuff. And, and um, just laying there in bed, you know, me and Pam fighting this together, right? You know, just, just um, in my heart and mind and, and, one night I was coughing so much and just, just I mean, just felt lousy, just to be honest with you. And um, it, was, uh, it was, I believe it was Tuesday, well, been Wednesday morning, real early, 3.30 so in the morning. And of course, I got the long day Wednesday. And then I had, last week, I had um, almost five hours of teaching to do on Thursday. And, and, um, and so I'm sitting there, and I'm, so I'm going back to Healing's Children's Bread. Healing's a children's bread. It's mine, it's mine, it's mine. And listen, I know this may, if this gets too spooky for you, just put it on the shelf. And, but this is what I really felt like the Holy Spirit led me to do. And I'm laying there in the dark and trying not to wake Pam up, coughing and hacking and all that mess. And, and um, I just closed my eyes and I, and I reached my hand up like this and I pictured the Lord handing me a big old chunk of healing bread, right? And I put it in my mouth and I chewed it up. Amen. 
Right? You see what I'm saying? See, get, getting personal, right? It's, it's not just children's bread. I'm his child. And that bread's from me. You, you, see, you see what I'm saying here? I, I'm, so I'm, I just chewed it and chewed it and chewed it. And, and it didn't hurt my throat at all when I swallowed it. Praise God. You know, just amen. Praise God. And, and I went to sleep. I was like, praise God. Amen. So, you know, I'm not... If anybody in here is getting offended at what I'm saying, you just hear me. I'm learning and growing right along with you. Amen. But we remember, increase our faith. Jesus says, okay, let me tell you about a seed. Let me tell you about a servant. If you want your faith to grow, you've got to learn how to plant it, and you've got to learn how to work it. Amen. And so I can just lay there and be miserable. I, I am so sensitive to medicine. I can look at a Benadryl and sleep for seven hours. And I just don't take medicine, you know what I'm saying? I can go in there and get me a Benadryl and, you know, at least get some sleep. You know what I'm saying? And that's okay if you do that. I'm not, listen to me, I'm not, that's, that ain't, I'm not trying to make a, I'm not judging medicine. I'm just telling you. But, you know, stay awake long enough to exercise your faith against whatever it is. Just keep, again, just keep, this woman, I can't wait to tell you all this, but this woman had a determination in her. I've asked the Lord, I said, Lord, help me understand. What made her different from all the other folks? It was an intention on her part. She had an intentionality about her. She had a determination about her. It's different, right? Think how determined she had to be. There's no telling how many folks she watched put a hand on him, walk away, still sick. Didn't stop her. I don't know about y'all, but if I touch him, I'm going to be healed. See that attitude right there? <laughs> I don't know about you, you, I, I just, man, you know, I mean, you just got him on the side of the head there. Watch his ear, watch his ear, right? No, but it's like, uh-uh, uh-uh, I don't know about you, but if I touch him, I, see, there's a difference there, see, it's, it's an attitude. It's an attitude, amen. So don't, don't quit fighting it. The devil's trying to defy you. We're learning and growing in faith. But don't, don't stop. Because if you don't quit, all he's going to succeed in doing is making you very, very difficult to deal with in the future. Amen. All right, Father, you're good to us. We love you. Let everything we put our hands to. Father, uh, tonight, tomorrow, the rest of this week, prosper for your glory. Thank you, Father, for helping us grow and increase in faith. Lord, increasing, Lord, uh, uh, just in leaps and bounds, as, as, as we would say, Father. And we thank you, Lord, for good things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, thank you so much for being here.